then you end up with some weird Netflix documentary about you, how you like, you're this like creepy company that just does a bunch of bizarre shit. And, and, and I don't know that any of us want to go down that, I don't want to go down that path. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. So what's going on today? What's new? It's cold. It's it's actually humid here today. Um, you know, the the rain came through and it brought all this humidity. So it's like like high sixties and humid. So I actually kicked on the AC for a bit just to get the humidity out. Well, I was just out back trying to get some sun, and uh, I saw a bird fly over. And then I saw something jump off this rock underneath a bush in my backyard and and make all sorts of noise trying to bury itself in leaves. So I'm kind of freaking out about what kind of rodents back there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That That's my morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not as it's not as scary as uh, he laws uh, little shop of horrors, but um, it's close. Did I miss us? Did I miss something? Yeah, I have this plant that's like uh It's amazing. It's a it's viney amazing. plant and it's kind of like taking over the patio and oh, now nice. it's kind of crawled over over the last few weeks it crawled through the cracks in the door like between the sliding door and it's come into my office now and it's crawling against the top part of the the wall and you know it's it's trying to go into the hallway so it's pretty elaborate that's crazy yeah it's gonna grab me at some point so and that that is a perfect uh little (laughs) story to talk about on halloween of all days seriously (laughs) yeah i figured that was a a good one for for today and a good uh 80s 80s right 80s flashbacks yeah, 80s. 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 man the, the 80s man i mean talk about quality film it's mm-hmm. amazing movies the montages the amazing storyline you can't beat the 80s no well do you, either of you watch the goldbergs i can't remember if i've asked you that before no okay i haven't seen it uh the goldbergs it takes place in the 80s and i mean it's pure 80s nostalgia and then it also, it takes place in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Philadelphia. So not only do you have the 80s references, but for someone like me, you get all of the Philadelphia references. Um, just, it, 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 it's awesome. And I mean, he he pushes ABC and the studio to make it as authentic as possible. Amazing. So it's it, it, it's awesome. It, it's a fun show. I mean, it's it's your typical sitcom. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like... It, it it's your typical formulaic sitcom. That being said, the '80s references are awesome. I'll have to check it out. 
Mm-hmm. I think I saw maybe one episode or something because I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So apparently, I did a good job brainwashing my kids, like listening to 80s music when when they were little because um two nights ago uh seven went to uh, a party and the theme was 80s prom you know like fall formal kind of thing where you get dressed mm-hmm. up but uh but with something like bloody or you know, so he kind of threw blood all over his shirt and everything. <laughs> but in any case, he came back um, from this party that was like 80s theme. And he was like, oh, my God, I recognized all the songs. I was able to like, like sing all the songs. I was like, yep, my job here is done. So you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so nice. I felt very proud at that moment. As you should. Success. <laughs> So how's Jim going to transition this? Don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I may not have a What are we talking story. about today? So today's conversation, it's a follow-up from the conversation Jason and I had last week. So the episode last week focused on like, you know, a, a, as, as a client, uh, as you're getting recommendations from various vendors, agencies, and partners, do you know what's really driving those recommendations? Is it because the your your partner has your best interests in mind, or do they have their own interests in mind, such as being financially reimbursed for, say, a tool that they recommend you use? And part of the conversation we got into is like it, it dealt around like you know the, the principles that you have and disclosing that kind of information and whatnot. So I thought, I thought a good follow-on episode to that would be as as a company, how do you promote your principles that you stand on? How do you promote your values without it turning into a marketing gimmick? Um, Because let's be honest, you know, you have a lot of companies out there today promoting what they say are their values, but I I really do think it's, it's more or less a sales pitch. And time and time again, I, I feel it's proved out. Uh, especially I think a lot in the the banking sector, let's call it what it is. Um, You know, at the end of the day, while they may say that you're at the center of what they do, it's ultimately, if they're a publicly traded company, Wall Street, investors, um, and, you know, and and ultimately making a profit, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, let's, you know, be honest about what's really driving your decisions. So this is an episode where I kind of want to sit back a little bit and kind of pose that question and really hear from the two of you. Um, the position you've been in going on almost seven years at this point, um, trying to promote the values of your company without it coming across as a disingenuous sales pitch. And I don't, I don't know if we've ever promoted it. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of it um, in that I don't know that we've ever sat down and said, okay, what what are our core values and how can we turn that into a marketing campaign? I, I don't know that we, we've ever talked about that. Um, and so for us, um, I, I think it's just been about organically sharing what it is that, that we do and, and why we do it. Um, over the last couple of years, I think we've been a bit more comfortable um, 
or maybe not comfortable is the right word. We've we've determined that it's a bit more important for us to start talking about that publicly in that we've found that being open uh, with that message has helped us to attract the right kind of employees and the right kind of uh, companies to, to work with. But uh, again, we've never sat down and thought about how can we spin this as a marketing message? Um, and maybe that's not the right way to look at it. I don't know, but we just, we've just never, we've just never done that. Um, and on the, on the flip side of it, you've probably seen where companies have done that and they've gone out to their executives or whatnot. And they've said, okay, here's, here's what we're standing for. Now go talk about it. And it just feels so inauthentic, right? You can tell that it's just too, uh, produced and, you know, we've, we've always tried to stay away from that. We've wanted to just come out organically. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we made a conscious decision to do is to kind of have the balance between obviously the value that we produce for the clients that we engage with, the, the things we get paid for, so to speak, but also balancing that with, you know, what we want to give for free uh, and to give back to the community that, you know, um, has put us in this position to do what we love. And so, you know, kind of giving back in, in different ways and helping others that are not necessarily our clients, but, you know, finding ways to help within the ecosystem and to build things that are helpful to others uh, and to kind of share the love where possible, um, I think is, is kind of uh, the, the path that helped us a lot. Um, because again, we're not like uh, going after, you know, specific uh, marketing tactics, um, you know, in a traditional way. Yeah. And I think that's a, a really good point in, in that for me, um, the, the talk is the easy part. You know, you see lots of big brands that, that want to feel like they, they stand for something, that, that they're taking a position on something or they're using something as, as a marketing tool, but it's, it's talk, right? And I think it's what we've all come to hate about mission statements and what our core values are at companies. You know, it's not something that you just print up and stick on a conference room wall. It comes down more to action. Um, and so again, I think our focus has been less on how do we succinctly put this into words that we can print up and frame and put on the wall and more about how does what the things that we have at our core inform everything that we do. And to Hila's point, come out on things like, you know, what do we do to give back to the community? What things do, you know, what, how is that core to what we're trying to do? And through that action, helping to educate the marketplace on what things are important to us and, and what aren't. Um, and then there's other things that, you know, for me personally, I'm just super passionate about talking about to the point of upsetting people. And I know I do. It's not that I go out there to upset people, but things like the billable hour thing, you know, I, I just think it's a broken system and I'm coming from a place of, of being educated. I worked as, you know, I worked as a, as a manager, um, as someone tasked out with building an organization, as an individual contributor, as a consultant doing billable hours. And I'm like, I have the experience to say it's broken. And so, you know, some of those things I'm just really passionate about talking about. But again, it's not something that Hila and I sat down to say, you know, how can we use this stance of rejecting the billable hour as a marketing campaign, as a way to drive sales? Yeah, we, we do. Um 
to be fair, we do, because of that structure, we do have the freedom to go uh, several steps outside of like the scope of what we're supposed to do with our, with our clients and um, our partners. And I think that that's kind of a big deal for us. So, you know, to be fair, we have a special component that's working for us uh, for that, where we're able to kind of have conversations about things that we may not be contracted to talk about or, or consider, so to speak. But um, I think there's value for that interaction and um, it creates kind of a, a more, you know, more of a broader consideration to what we can do um, beyond the current activities. So I think that that is kind of the, one of the biggest things that, um, we have advantage on. And going back to how you queued this up, Jim, um, I, I think one of the biggest things is, is just authenticity, uh, being authentic in how you stand up for the things that are important to you, I think goes a long way. Um, I want to say it was Black Friday, but if it's not, someone can correct me. Where uh, Patagonia said that they were going to going to donate all online sales profits to uh, some specific charity, and if that comes out as being inauthentic, I think people see right through that. Right? They're like, ah, oh, this is just a, a gimmick, a ploy. But the fact that that was like their highest sales day ever, um, to me, tells me that at least in their marketplace, it's it doesn't come across as a ploy. It comes across as being authentic. And that's what I think we strive for as well is that, I you know, the things that are really important to us, our, our culture and our values, I never want to cheapen them by putting them out there in such a way that people would look at it and say, eh, it's just a marketing ploy, right? They're mm -hmm. just trying to do it to get attention. Um, and, and you've mentioned Patagonia multiple times, you know, not just on here, but just in our one-on-one -on -one conversations. So, I mean, it's, I think it's unsafe for me to assume that, you know, you're, you're, you're drawn to the culture that they've built and, and, and the values that they, they espouse. Um, what have they done to, to, to win you over or again, making an assumption here, you know, make you believe that they're authentic when it comes to the, you know, the ideals that they discuss? Yeah, and I think it's important to separate it and that while I, I do align very much with with Patagonia, I think it's a brand that even if you don't align with um, what they are, are standing for and they're really activists in 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 building things that are sustainable and taking care of our um, our world and, that we live in, even if you don't believe in that stance, I think you can respect the company from the perspective that they took a stand that they're they're putting their money where their their mouth is and again whether you agree with them or not i think it's really hard to not respect what it is that that they are doing because they've gone out of their way many many times to say you know we're going to do right by our our employees by our channel by our customers um, and ultimately we're going to make decisions that are best for our planet and does that mean that they made less money at times i'm sure it did but they've, they're also a billion plus dollar company at this at this point um and so to me that that's the thing that i resonate with the most is that they didn't walk the line right they didn't stand on the fence they went very hard to one side and said this is what we believe in and this is what we're going to fight for and if you don't like it and you don't want to buy for from us because of that fine there are lots of other people that want to buy for, from us because of that 
and they were never afraid to stand for something. And to me, I think that's, again, what has resonated with me the most is that it's okay to stand for something and not have to be everything to everybody. And, and just be comfortable knowing that, you know what, you're going to piss some people off if you keep talking about how billable hours are evil. I'm like, I don't care. Like if they don't want to work with us, if they don't want, that's fine. But there are going to be other people that will want to work with us for, for that specific reason. Um, and then secondarily, just the, the whole idea of sustainability to me was important as we were thinking about building the company a lot of the decisions and i i'm not going to try to to come up with the exact quote from yvonne about a uh, hundred years from now but um he he talks about the decisions he's making that you know we're not just building for this quarter or for this year and that's one of the main reasons we didn't go public is we didn't want artificial goals to have to meet that were dictated by wall street our goals were about how can we build a company that's going to preserve our our way of life and the things that we value most a hundred years from now and, and we've really taken that to heart and thought about that as well is that, you know, we don't have arbitrary goals about we have to double the size of the company every year. We grow at the rate the market tells us we should grow. Um, and we do that because we, we want to have control of this and build it in a sustainable way so that we don't put at jeopardy the things that we value. Um, and then from my perspective, that's a company that we're all happy to come to work for every day. I was worried that I was worried that this podcast were was gonna become all about Patagonia once you asked that question. I was like, oh no. We could take it down we could take it down a completely different path. <laughs> right. But I mean it is it is such a great example, right? Um and it's not go. the only example. There's there's lots of other companies out there that we can we can cherry pick that have decided sure. to take stances. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, no, I was gonna say to to, to pivot it a bit then. You know, t- you know, instead of talking about maybe like other companies that have influenced you, I kind of want to go back and, and talk more about like the ones where maybe it was more disingenuous. Like I, I guess I keep thinking of it as, as a marketing gimmick. Have you ever, as an employee, you know, worked for a company that set out that mission statement or, you know, talked about here are the values we stand for and you either saw right through it or quickly came to realize that, it, it, it's nothing but a pitch to win customers, you know, keep employees satisfied and, and then whatnot. Um, for sure. I mean, I'm not going to call out any by, by name, but that has definitely been the case. And I don't, I don't think in, in every cases it's been um, deliberate in nature. Um, but it's just the way of the beast, right? Like, well, we have to have a mission statement. We have to spend our time talking about this. And it's almost like just going through the actions. Um, and, and oftentimes the frustration with that is that you spend so much time talking about it and you sit in, you know, these meetings with the executives of the company getting up there and saying, okay, now this is what we believe in. Um, I remember one company I worked for, they drilled at home so much. And then they said something like, it's so important that you go and memorize these things. And they sent out an email, like summarizing our core value and our mission statement, and at the, I remember this really clearly at the end of the meeting, they said, don't be surprised if you get a random phone call from the CEO one day quizzing you on these things. And I left that meeting thinking, how stupid is this? You know, we're, we're being forced to memorize a mission statement and we're going to drone on about our, our core values. Shouldn't that be inherent in the way that we do business? And it'd be just so natural for us to talk about what it is we do and why we do it rather than trying to memorize a mission state. Anyway, I, that, that was one example that 
was burned really, really clearly into my memory and was has gone a long way in helping inform kind of my belief that it's not about mission statements. It's not about these things you print out and put on the wall. It's it's the action. It's how it's it's how you do your work. It's you say you're going to do it and then you go and do it. I'm going to have to pull up the cowboy code because I think that's one of the, the items and I'll come back to that. So sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Well, all, all I could think of is, is, you know, did they also hand out like motivational cat posters? put up in your in, in the office you mean you mean the one with the string that looks like this and the cat hanging like this and saying hang in there baby yes <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> um Hila, what about you um yeah sure uh i mean i've been in places where it was more about kind of the you know, making sure that there's like rules and everything is clear and, um, you know, kind of templatized to a certain degree to uh, how we communicate with uh, with clients or, or you know, um, uh, anyone outside the company for that matter. Um, I think that it's... Um, when I'm when I'm thinking of how our clients, when they think of you know pursuing an additional solution, or if they need help, or if they're trying to solve a problem, I, I doubt that they say, okay, well, let's evaluate, you know, uh, you know the the values, you know, the the, the exact, you know, um, structure. And and the reason why I wanted to talk about this is, you know, from from my personal perspective, I feel like everybody's jumping on some kind of cause these days and some you can tell are legitimate some you you can tell they're not but you know i i think it, it's one of those things you, if, if you're going to 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 attach yourself to a cause or promote a certain set of values as, as a company they, they better be truthful you know you you better be authentic about it because if you're saying we stand for A, but then you're caught doing B, you know, there, there's, you're, there's going to be disillusioned customers. You're going to lose more customers by being untruthful than if you just hadn't taken a stance at all, in my opinion. I know that's a very generic statement, but I mean, I've seen companies and there's, and there's a, a local bank here. That, you know, they're, they're, they've just got billboards everywhere, you know, we're for you and we're your local bank and we're your this and we're your that. And they promote that. But then several months ago, um, news broke about charges against a local politician. And again, this is all alleged, um, you know, it, where this local politician allegedly um, abused power and then also kind of wrangled some executives and directors from this bank and they went along with it. And I'm like, you know, you, you promote yourselves as we're for the people, we're your local bank. We're not the mega bank. We care about our customers, but then you go along with this when, you know, a local politician comes along and says, I need your help doing this. Um, and again, all alleged, uh, nothing's been proven true or false yet. Um, but still, I mean, th to me, then there's a level of disillusionment that comes in and you're like, okay, what do you say is truthful then? Yeah. And again, I think, you know, coming down to actions speak louder than words is, is, is really at the core of this discussion. And, and I have a similar example. 
Um, and maybe it's just I want because I want to vent because I'm still upset that someone stole my air filter out of my car. Um, but there's a there's a local auto dealer here where I, I bought my Jeep from um, and I've had multiple problems with with them. Um, one where I had my daughter take my Jeep in for one of the free oil changes that came with purchasing the car and they strong armed her into buying a thirty five dollar cheap paper filter. Um, and I called them up and I said, this car has 6,000 miles on it and I'm the only driver of it. It doesn't need a new air filter. Why are you pushing my daughter into buying this machine? And they're like, she's an adult. She can make her own decision. Um, and then I had another experience where I took it in for service and um, someone stole my high end air filter that I had put in it. And I called them up and I'm like, and they put it on me and they don't want to take responsibility. Their tagline is we make the, the, the car buying experience simple because we're transparent and nice and we're your neighborhood dealer. Right. And I'm like, you can say that, but your actions are the opposite of, of all of that. Right. And, and, and maybe it works and maybe it works on a large portion of the population and that's why they do it. But to me, it just, you, it just feels inauthentic. Right. And whether you've done business with, with the company or not, I think a lot of people can feel if you're being authentic or not. And, and to me, it comes down to that, that, that action. Um, so when I first started uh, managing teams, I knew nothing about how to manage a team. And I think we've had a podcast about this in the past, about individual contributors getting promoted to management and then management assuming, oh, well, you're smart. That's why we're promoting you. So you automatically know how to run a team. So we're not going to give you any training. Uh, I was in that position. Um, and maybe Hilal remembers this, I, without having any kind of training, I needed some kind of framework for how I wanted to run the team. So uh, being from out West and being around a lot of Cowboys, I adopted the code of the West, um, which is 10 rules of the West for how to run a team. And a couple of them really stand out in, in this conversation. One of those is talk less and say more, meaning again, talk is cheap. It's, it's really easy to throw up that mission statement. What's really hard is actually living it. Um, and then the other one is when you make a promise, keep it. And to me, that's the biggest downfall of, of, of kind of these corporate missions and taking a stand is to me, you're making a promise. If you're going to go out and say, this is our mission, this is what we care about, then you're making a promise with us that you're going to keep that promise and you're going to fulfill that. But oftentimes, again, it's just words, right? It's just a marketing ploy. And you do that enough times, then it's like, uh, what's the, what's the, um, what is it the ah what's the the story where the sky is falling chicken little yeah chicken little right like you 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 kind of cry wolf so many times and now i'm mixing a whole other story in with it but like you don't follow <laughs> through on it. It. <laughs> you don't follow through on it enough, enough times you've kind of burned out your your deposits with with uh with your customers with the with the you know the industry as a whole so um, again, like I, I feel like I'm hitting on this over and over again, but to me, it's really the most important part of the conversation that, you know, these core values, our principles, our mission statements, whatever you want to talk about it, why we do what we do. It's, it's not something you sit down and come up with a tagline in a marketing meeting. It's, it's how you choose to carry yourself and informs all of the decisions and actions you take as, as a business. And hopefully if you do it right it flows down from the leadership to the employees to embody that and continue to, to spread that. 
Uh, I think that's probably the biggest measure of success in are you being authentic or not? If, if your employees are taking that and organically extending that message, you know you're doing something right. You know, if they're only willing to talk about it because you uh, formalized a tweet and sent out an email and said, okay, everybody go tweet about this, you're doing something really wrong. Yeah, and I think you, you, you mentioned something very specific, which, you know, tells you when it's hollow. When you start seeing the, you know, the multiple variations of the same tweet talking about, you know, what the company means and what the company stands for, you, you know that, you know, it, 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 it's, it's forced, it's artificial, it, it, it's not genuine and uh, authentic. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I'm going to try to multitask here um, because there was a, a Twitter conversation that I had um, where this came up. And I think that the question was, um, I'm going to have to look it up, but um, it, it really came down to um, authenticity. Um, I think it's such a differentiator in business that when you find um, when you find companies that are authentic, you just want to be a part of it. Um, and and again, sometimes you fully align and, and sometimes you don't. Again, going back to, to Patagonia, it's it's hard to not respect what they're doing and be at least affected by their energy, even if you're not fully on board with what their social mission is, uh, because there are just so few examples of companies that are at that level of, of authenticity. Um, I don't know if this isn't the tweet I was looking for, but apparently on April 8th, I tweeted, we have, we have brainwashed people into believing that authenticity and transparency shouldn't be part of doing business. It's unfortunate. Life is way too short to play these bullshit corporate games. Let's be real. Let's be authentic. <laughs> apparently, apparently I've been thinking about this, but I'm trying to find, okay, here it is. Uh, so there was a, a question that was put out on Twitter. Um, that said, what do you, what do you do that's hard for people to copy? How can you raise the barrier of entry? What's your, what's your moat? Uh, my response to it was what's really hard for people, for our competitors to copy is our authenticity. That was my response. Um, and do you want to take a guess at what the response back to that was to my, my response? Stop being so authentic. <laughs> no, the response back was, yeah, but anybody can be authentic. No, uh, no, no, they can't. I'm like, sure. I mean, in theory, every every company can be authentic, but there are very, very few businesses that are actually are. Mm -hmm. um, and so until that changes, to me, that's what I see as our our biggest thing that our our competitors simply can't copy is sure they can be. But in again, in, in talk, they can say that. Right. It's very easy for them to say, yeah, we're authentic, but it's really, really difficult for them to actually back that up with action. Mm -hmm. And one of the things this conversation made me think of is Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, the thank you economy. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, the, the biggest part of it he talked about is, is with the communication tools that people have today, it, it, it's leveled the playing field. Because if you go back 100 years, 150 years, you had a small town and you had the local butcher, the local seamstress, the, the local barber. And if, if they had to be on the top of their game because if word traveled quickly throughout you know, the town. Um, and, and he's like, you know, we're, we're back to that point now with the communication tools that people have. It's very easy for something to, to go viral. 
Um, and yeah. if it's, you know, you're promoting your company as one thing and then how you act actually gets out, that, that could be incredibly damaging. Yeah, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and they asked me, um, why do you put so much effort into putting things out of the level of quality that you do? You could get by with with doing so much less than that. Why why are you so focused on on doing it the right way? And I said, because our action is all we have. You know, we don't have paid sales. We don't have paid marketing our work is coming to us as a direct result of our action. And so if we ever compromised on that, to your point, mm -hmm. Jim, like if we ever got caught not living up to our ideals, that's gonna, going to directly in, impact what it is that that we do, right? Because I people, at least as of today, and that's after almost seven years of doing business, people work with us because we, we do what we say we're gonna do. And if we ever compromised on that, we put ourselves in a very precarious situation. Mm -hmm. And, and it seems to me, I, I want to touch on one more thing before we start to wrap up. And, you know, you had mentioned it early on, like that there was no, for, for, for the, the two of you in particular, when you started the company, when you started to promote the company, there was no, say, concerted effort to say, this is what we believe in. And these are our values. These are the principles we stand upon. It's been something more organic. And that's an observation. And now I'm kind of stumped on the question I want to follow up with on it because, you know, obviously you would think the question would be, well, was that intentional or was it truly organic that, you know, you, you never really thought about promoting principles. It's just kind of come out of who you are. I mean, I think it's a combination uh, of both. Wow. My hair's cool. Um, I think it's a combination of, of both. Um, but I, I think at our core, that is just something that both Hila and I are, right? We, when we decided to start the company, we didn't sit down and think about, you know, what should we value? What should our mission be? That was already part of, part of who we are. Now, the intentionality of how do we expose that? How do we help um, weave that into the way that our, uh, our employees work? That's something that for the first several years of doing business was very organic. The last couple years, we've been much more focused on being a bit more intentional um, in how we do that. And really it's only been the last few months where exposing that to the greater market is taken on um, a bit more importance to be intentional. But that's not saying that it didn't exist before. It just, it was never, um, either a priority or something that we decided to focus on, I guess that's the same thing, um, up until this point, but organically it, it was always there. So we benefited by that just coming out again through our actions and backing up what we say we do. Um, but I think there's de definitely something to the intentionality of it. Um, because one of the things, one of the mistakes that I made was that I assumed that, well, everybody's just going to get it. Um, and that's not true. You know, you have to be in, intentional and you have to have some design in how you choose to verbalize that, both internally and externally, so that the narrative um, has the proper framing that that it deserves. But again, it's if it's something that you're trying to invent while intentionally taking that to the market, I think you've got it backwards. It needs to be at the core of who you are first. Uh, Hila? 
Yeah, I think it's definitely at the core. We always um, thought about how we pursue what we do as um, a way to kind of figure out how to help the client. It's not about us. It's not even sometimes about our core values at all. It's about how can we create solutions and how how, how do we uh, help our clients? So it's about being immersed and in 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 their business problems and their challenges and their career path and and trying to help that way and being kind of genuine about actually helping them uh, and kind of to a certain degree leaving behind what you know all the strategic thinking of how we should run a company and this that and the other it all needs to be in the context of supporting you know the outcomes for our clients so that's kind of the genuine string that is who we are that i think helps us in that path what Jim, I'd like to kind of turn it back on onto you as as looking at things from from an employee perspective, because um, I'm really interested in because I you know I obviously have my perspective of what I think works and and what doesn't and kind of put myself back in the mindset of of you know being an employee, um, but I'm really interested in your perspective as far as how can you tell as an employee? You know, we've talked a lot about brands and you mentioned the the local. Uh, bank, but from an employee, how do you know, or how do you feel what's real and authentic? You know, if, if your, you know, boss is saying, here's our mission statement, here's the things we value, you know, what filter or lens do you put that through as an employee to, to, to really understand is this, is this authentic or is this just part of doing business, part of a marketing ploy, what have you? Yeah. I mean, I, I like to think I've actually got a pretty good bullshit meter um and can, can can pick up when um you know someone's just piling it on so i think it, it starts with the person that it's coming from but you know i i think like many the first red flag is when there's organized team activities around values and mission statement and uh core beliefs and, and things like that and i've been a, a you know a part of of a couple of those and you know sometimes like you, you just kind of felt dirty afterwards like you know okay like you know like oh um the, the, there was one you know we went through the the multiple exercises around the values that we believe in and you know what it means to be an employee and a customer and a this and a that but then i could name individuals that were completely breaking those and that's and and there was no repercussions you know, for that. So that, that was the first sign for me that, that, that it was, that, that, that it was there for show. It was to make employees feel good. Um, and I, I want to go back to like, you know, the, uh, you know, we were talking with Jen a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about like, you know, marketing pixel hell. Right. And, and, I, and one of the things I wrapped up with is, is, you know, avoid that, 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 that feeling I'm doing good sometimes because that's part of the road to ruin. You know, I feel like I'm making progress for this client when, you know, you may either be pigeonholing yourself or you're missing the forest for the trees and working on little things and not actually getting the big stuff done, et cetera. I, I think the same thing there. Like if there's rah-rah meetings about it and you feel good, if that quickly fades, then it's a load of crap. If, if it's something yeah. where, and, and I'm not to say like, you know, it, you know, whenever you have that good feeling, 
it's it it it, it it's not authentic. It's it's in the everyday, right? It's it, it's in the everyday where you know you're not you know every day is not going to be a great day at work, right? It, it's called work for a reason. It's not called fun. Um, I think we're in a great place because we can actually enjoy what we do. But that being said, there's still rough days, and if when you have those rough days if you can fall back on what's been discussed and someone can help pick you up then i think that that's a good sign and i know i'm starting to, to to ramble but it's those little things that you pick up outside of meetings outside of conversations that you can look back and say you know what what we talk about is true because i was in a really crappy mood I was able to give someone a call. We were able to talk through it. We didn't necessarily reference the mission statement. We didn't reference the principles, right. but it was looking back upon it. You could tell it was a core of the conversation. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of a, a great illustration of what we we've through this entire discussion is it's, it's, it's action, right? It's, mm -hmm. are we going to, are we going to do what we said we were going to do? And, and that's really, that's really the most important thing. With that said, let me clarify something that I do think it's valuable to have the discussions. And I do think it's, you know, valuable to actually write them down. And if you want to print them out on a fancy poster and put them up, that I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm saying that that has to come as an artifact of already having that discussion or, or deep down belief of what it is that we do and who we are. Okay. Um, and, right. And, and, if you're if you're flipping that that scenario, then you're you're coming up with something that you believe in, and then you're going to try to back into that. It's almost like saying, "Well, what cause should we take up because it, it would be good for our company?" How's that ever going to work, right? It should be these are things that we're passionate about. These are issues that we want to solve. These are social changes that we want to help drive, and then then let's that inform why we're doing what we're doing. And if we want to create a, a pretty little uh, mission statement to print out from that, awesome. Let's do that. But yeah. let's get the order of that right. Agreed. Um, it, it's, and that's why I was, it, that also goes along with what I was talking about with like the, the organized team activities around, you know, said mission statement. If, if, if you get everyone hyped up at, at big group meetings about what the principles are, but the, they go out the minute they go out the window, the minute things get a little bit tough um, and bad behavior is still rewarded or behavior that seems counter to it, then, you know, it, 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 it it's not worth anything. I want to, I want to pat ourselves on the back a little bit based on, on that, because you're, you're right. And it's, it's really, really difficult. And was it last time or two episodes ago where I shared the social experiment that we did at BYU uh, with, with the, the video camera? And it was last week. Um, you know, when money comes into play, that's going to really determine who you are. What, what is at your core? Because as, as money is there and as money is taken away, those are opportunities for you to question your ideals and your ethics and the things that you value. And I think it's one of the things that I am the most proud of. Um, and maybe Hila is going to take all the credit because she had to talk me off the ledge countless times in those first couple of years where money was extremely tight. And I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Like, we have no money coming in. And it would have been so easy for us to compromise on our ideals um, because we could have taken money 
to do things that we agreed that we were never going to do, but we didn't have any money coming in. Um, and, and I don't know if it was me or Hila that said it, but that said something like, but if we compromise now, just because we're in this type spot, when are we ever going to stop compromising? And, and to me, I think the fact that we were able to struggle through some of those really difficult times without compromising on our ideals helps solidify the things that were important to us that we were never going to compromise on those things. Again, I think that's the true test of character that, you know, our, our, when times are tough, our, our, our ideals and our company mission going to go out the window. Eli, you can take credit for that. Fine. It was, <laughs> it was all me. <laughs> And and you know what, I think kind of summarizing everything is, you know, it it comes back to what we mentioned earlier on action, speak louder than words. Um, So honestly, I think that's probably a good place there to wrap up, wrap up with that story there of like, you know, what are your values? Don't compromise on them. Because I think you, you do bring up a good point. You know, the minute you start compromising, where do you stop? Yeah, because if you do it once, it's easy to continue to say, well, we did it that one time. So, you know, what's it going to hurt if we do it again? Let's bend the rules here and then let's yeah. bend the rules there. Yep. Cool. Then you end up with some weird Netflix documentary about you, how you like you're this like creepy company that just does a bunch of bizarre shit. And and, and I don't know that any of us want to go down that. I don't want to go down that. path. Yeah, no. Well, it's it's great. Did you, have you have you um, did you ever read John Kerry Rue's Bad Blood about um, which we call it uh, Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes? No, but that's the documentary I was thinking about. I, I figure because there, there's a couple of them. I think I've watched that one. There was an ABC documentary. Um, I, I I mean, yeah, like I love that documentary. It, it's good stuff. It, it makes me feel super uncomfortable. <laughs> Agreed. Maybe that's a good uh, thing. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, no, good discussion. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. So um, any any other closing statements? Anything you want to wrap up with? Be authentic. It is a differentiator. Even if even if the naysayers say otherwise, I guarantee you, if if nothing else, if you're authentic, that's going to put you in, in rarefied air and, and put you in a good place to be successful. Good point. Very well said. So, <laughs> mic drop moment. So, with that, if anybody doesn't have anything else, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up there and I'll catch you both later. See ya. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.